Hello and welcome to episode 187 of Three Beers a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neal. Barry, we're once again doing this by Zoom because lockdown continues. Lockdown will forever be in place. It, as much as the governments are now saying it might come to an end, I simply don't believe it will ever end. Yeah, I've seen parts of Australia had to go into a seven-day lockdown again because they fucking had a spike in numbers again, so it's inevitable. Sorry, New Zealand, my apologies. Uh, I only caught the highlight of it, so... Yeah. But I, it, it's inevitable, you know, because we all know what's going to happen, everyone knows what's going to happen when the UK finally comes out of any sort of lockdown. Things open back up again, pubs, restaurants, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. People will go fucking bananas for it. And yeah. Whatever. But people need to know that it will set us back again. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but hopefully vaccines getting rolled out. Everyone's getting stabbed with the needle, so hopefully eventually we'll all be fine. Hopefully. No, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully man. Yeah. Been, well, I'm still, still waiting for my letter. As <laughs> am I, as am I. I think, unfortunately, yeah. by Scottish standards, we are insanely healthy and fit, so we might be right at the bottom of the list. Aye. Oh, 100%. One, one, in fact, I guarantee you we'll be bottom of the list. Me and you will be yeah. the last two names on the list, probably, yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least we get it together. <laughs> right. I think it's, thing. Someone is the last name on the list. I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, just, someone, yeah. someone has to be by the, like, the last name. Like, oh, they're actually the last person on the list of people you get done, you know? I, mean, I don't know why. It's not just made me giggle. Like, going, oh, there is some poor sorry there who is the last person on the list. Um, it's probably more than likely going to be me because I've only I only registered for a, for a doctor's up here and... Um, was it like fucking December, like late December or something? And that's the first time I've been like, uh, I've like signed up to a doctor since I was like an actual child. You're definitely getting it anytime soon. Um, the good thing is, I did get a text from them telling me like not to contact them, they'll contact you when the yeah. vaccine's like ready for you. Yeah, you're going to have it So, it's Sunday, it's quite Sunday, kind of Sunday dinner time. Are you drinking anything um, right now? No, sadly not. It's another week of being sober, so I'm still drinking Pepsi Max. I'm on yeah. lemonade as well. I think I feel a lot of people are kind of like that in February. You sort of like the 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 dry January. I think people normally do. You sort of people kind of patch that. You just post Christmas. I feel February people have been a little bit fed up, yeah. and the drinking is kind of either either really slowed down to nothing, or vast mm. accelerated to insane levels. And I think I, I went towards the zero drinking level um, in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, as we've all discovered in the last 12 months, at least, like, for me anyway, like, drinking in the house kind of loses its charm quite quickly, I've noticed. Yeah, Especially, like, if your significant other isn't, like, a heavy drinker or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like, you just look like some weird JK, like, Malky sitting there, pure getting yeah. smashed, you know? Yeah, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm not that person. Um, yeah, yeah not, not drinking tonight. Um, our usual... We'll start Camel Laird's the interesting news with them. There is news from them this week, which is um, our football team support down in the English ninth tier. Um, their season is now completely cancelled. They are they're finished yeah. for the year. Um, the, all the leagues decided to shut down from like the fifth tier below, so they've decided to call the season, which is probably the best idea. It gives a bit of clarity. It allows you to sort of to rather than trying to get games on. I think they said at this point though, they still have something like eighty five percent of games to try and play. Between now and like June, and they'd say, like, you know, it's just there's, there's no physical way of doing it. So, why yeah. even sort of push it? Players might get hurt, players might get, you know, might leave clubs, and it's, it's not a true reflection of, of, of a team. Um, so, yeah, yeah all, 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 the league, all the teams, like, so I think the fifth tier below decided to call it a, call it a day. 
hopefully next season they're back and hopefully next season we'll do a sponsorship again and we can get behind them. But um, for now, season cancelled. So yeah. that's sad. Um, I get zero movie news. Nothing of interest really piqued me um, this week. Um, anything for yourself? Uh, I did actually hear something, but I cannot find the story now for the life of me and I can't even remember the movie. But there's a movie that's getting remade and I can't remember like what that is now. Is it Running Man? It's- Edgar Wright's doing Running Man. That's when it really excited me because the Running Man, yeah. Running Man movie that was out with Arnold Schwarzenegger bears absolutely no relation to the book. Um, yeah. Whereas I think Edgar Wright might do more sort of as the book goes, which is a lot. I mean, a bit. It's a lot darker. It's not quite as sort of played for. I wouldn't say Running Man played for laughs, but it was definitely a, a black comedy streak all the way through. Mm. So it could be that. Nah, nah. I don't know. What the, it got mentioned at the same time as a Running Man, and I, when when they said that, I was just sitting there like. Why? Why does that need to be made even yeah. now? You know, <laughs> you creamy. A lot of films I feel like that we all kind of go, why is that getting made? What is the purpose of that? But every day is Christmas Eve, as they say on the Empire podcast. So every day might yeah. have a great movie. You don't, you don't ever know. But what we will talk uh, about now? Yeah, what we will talk about is the movies that we have managed to watch. Yes, and there is there is stuff out. There is stuff coming out. There is stuff being well, was made, and it's now in, I don't know. I'm not sure how much this was made during lockdown, how much it was just pre-lockdown, and it's been sort of released, because um, I, I feel I'm beginning to notice films that are made before lockdown and what I came mm. after lockdown, because I feel like there's, a, there's a slight difference in the way they look, because of, like people yeah, that, and things like that. There's a lot more editing and things like that. So this one's... Bad. So we'll start with start, the first one we'll start with is a documentary. Mm. It's only about 50 minutes long, so it just about qualifies as a movie. Um, and it's called Hi, My Name is Dickie. And it's directed by Taylor Prestige and Harris Usanovic, who are well known for doing a lot of ESPN documentaries. I think they've done a few of the 30s or 30s and things like that. So if you're a fan of the ESPN documentaries, which I think me and you both are, mm-hmm. um, these gentlemen come with a good pedigree. Um, the plot of this one is all about the hockey player named Richard Clune, who played for the LA Kings, Nashville Predators, Maple Leafs and Marlies. And essentially it's his struggle with alcoholism throughout his career. Um, mm. Post career, but actually generally through his career from very young age, actually. Um, it's just him sort of speaking very candidly. And what is interesting about it is he is not just an addict, he's a recovering addict, but he's still playing. Like he's not a guy, normally this is a story that comes out maybe sort of post retirement, like you know how much they're struggling and things like that. This guy is still very much, he's in the tail end of his career, I think he's in his like mid 30s, so he's definitely in the sort of tail end of it, but it's still just him, he's still a professional ice hockey player playing for the Toronto Marlies. Um, mm. So I picked this one mainly because me and you are both big hockey fans. We enjoy we enjoy hockey um, and we enjoy hockey movies, and I, and I, I personally quite enjoy the, the other like not the other side, but the sort of behind the scenes of hockey. You don't really see a lot of it, you know. We got a lot of American football documentaries and baseball documentaries and soccer documentaries. We don't really get as many um, ice hockey ones, and I always feel seeing the people on it. Are, usually, a lot of hockey players come from um, sort of a lot of them have like sort sort of Ivy League. Um, Education, so that's all very intelligent guys, and they can they can all talk quite candidly to the camera. They can all talk with, with intelligence, so it's always interesting to hear them talk. Maybe beyond not just talking about hockey all the time. Um, mm. This one, um, like I said, started off fifty minutes long, so it's very economical. It's time. It's smart. It's time. It doesn't mess around. It does get quite quickly to the point. It's sort of a brief sort of biography of the guy. Then it sort of fires straight into the main the main meat of the main meat of this story, which is him. Talking about his alcoholism and how he dealt with it and how he tried to play with it. And 
what I thought was interesting was it focused on him specifically. It did. There's a little touch of stuff about other players in the league and other players who have had problems. There's a week and a couple of minutes of that, but the majority of the documentaries always mainly focused on him. So you get you do get a very personal story. It's not trying mm. to fix the league in, in, in its entirety. It's just try to showcase or you know shed light on this one man. Um, and what I thought was really interesting was he doesn't blame the game for causing this. He blames himself. Like he, he, mm. he quite openly sort of realizes it's, it's his problem. It wasn't thrust upon him. You know, yeah. he was, you know, if anything, people were trying to help me. He went, like, no, I like, I like doing this. You know, so it was his thing. Um, yeah. There's also an interesting part about it, about how he's coming to terms with the fact that early on that he, he wants to play professional hockey. He wants to play in the NHL. He grew up as a kid being the best player in his local team, the best player in his young team. And it comes a point in life he realises, I'm not as good as other players. I have to find a way to sort of exist. And that's mm-hmm. when he becomes a player. He becomes, you know, becomes a fighter and becomes much more less of a skilled player. Um, so it's interesting to see this guy like sort of essentially, you know, go against what is natural to him in order to try and make this career. And then, then the, the alcoholism and things like that sort of is something that fuels that in many ways. Um, but I found it really interesting. You know, I found the guy a very affable person that he, he talked very candidly. Um, and for somebody to talk about that who are still playing, you know, this could be used against him in some way by opposing fans, maybe opposing players could maybe use it against him in some way. It felt really brave to go on camera this early on uh, in his life. Um, what do you think of it? Yeah, pretty much. Just almost pretty much everything you said there. It's, it's quite refreshing to see someone so open and candid about the the whole shebang. Yeah. Uh, usually a lot of these kind of like movies or shows up at all they're kind of like they only really touch on the highlights, but he was talking about like everything, like uh, the car journey when his wee brother came and got him and everything and how he was oh. pretty much like he was having withdrawals in the back of the motor while they were driving down the motorway and all that kind of stuff, you know. So I it was it was interesting. Uh like you said, 50 minutes, so it doesn't hang about at all. Uh is this is this worthy of a movie? I don't really know. Probably an episode of thirty for thirty would That's, have been more than suffice. Yeah. You know? it, it, it does barely qualify as a movie. I do agree. Um, it, it's mm. more just a documentary. It's a showcase of this. You know, it's it's with the ESPN's mm. classes movies. Some of them do. Some of them are like an hour and a half long. Um, but I think for someone who's even just a, a casual sports fan would would get something from this. If you're even if you're not a hockey fan. Mm. You get something from seeing this guy speaking about what it takes, not what it takes to be a professional sportsman, and also, you know, the impact it can have on you. But again, what I thought was really important was he takes responsibility for everything that happens. He's not blaming yeah. anybody else. Hi, anyone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's quite nice. Yeah. You know, it's nice that he kind of just owns it, you know, uh, rather than yeah. kind of trying to, I don't know. But, uh, it's nice. It's just, it's kind of a nice, it's like a different way of looking at it, you know. Yeah. And the fact that, like you said, it's, it's really just him telling his story. There's yeah. no one really else in it, you know. Apart from uh, the, the brief a few coaches pop up and a couple of players pop up and yeah. you see a kind of opinion of what they think of him as a player and things like that, and what they thought of him as a man. Um, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, the only the only real monologue in it is him. It's him just talking and talking. It's just an interview with him and they sort of layer the footage of him over that and mm. he's got his parents at one point as well, you know. But there's, there's it very much is for fifty minutes. Probably I would say forty five minutes of that is all him. Um, yeah, yeah. Totally. the only thing I would put really negatively against it was the ending was very weird with the whole modern dance thing yeah that was kind of odd you know yeah. like fair, fair enough for going chasing your dreams and 
you know, that's what you want to do and stuff, but you're just about like, and he probably kind of left that out of the documentary. I don't, really think, I don't think it was him doing the more, I don't think it was him doing, it wasn't him doing the dance. It was just sort of, this sort of uh, put in it. it was just very strange. That was all. Um, I thought it was him. I thought that was the whole point because not how he spoke about wanting to be like an actor and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know I got that, but he was in, you see his acting and stuff, but I don't think he was in the, the modern dance troupe. That would seem uh, very strange. It just felt very odd. But other than that, yeah, it's a, it's a well-told sports documentary. It's a well, it, it's it's it shines a light on, which I imagine is a, a bigger problem than, than than you would think in the, the sports world. You know, players struggling with alcoholism, um, yeah. and hopefully, if anything, if this coming out makes other players in any sport sort of seek help, because I think that's a big mm. point where he had to seek help in order to to, um, to get better. If that's mm. what it does, then that's great. Um, but no, I thought it was, I thought it was a very interesting documentary. Like I said, it's fifty minutes long. It's not a bad rewatch. Nope. I'd give it a very solid 7 out of 10. Ooh, nice. I'm giving it 6 out of 10. Nice one. Um, next yeah. one up is a is a one that's on Sky Movies. Sorry, we should say before that, Hi, My Name is Dickie is on Amazon Plus. Or Amazon mm. Prime. Prime Amazon. Amazon Prime, sorry. Um, next one up is To Olivia, which is available on Sky Movies. Um, Sky Movies original, directed by John Hay, who's done a film called With Only One Jimmy Grimble. And you've not seen this one, so I'll be very brief on it, which is it's a story of Roald Dahl and his life as he struggles with James and Giant Peaches came out as a book. It didn't do well. His daughter then dies of measles. Um, very sad. She's very young. And it's him and his wife try to come to terms with that. At the same time, his wife is a famous actress and she sort of like trying to keep her career on the go as well, while also dealing mm. with... They have a touchy relationship, let's put it like that at times. Um and it's him then trying to sort of become a writer again and, and basically trying to write Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, which obviously is a, is a book that put him into like, sort of stardom. Um, and the film, you've got Hugh Bonneville. He plays um, Roald Dahl. Keely Hawes plays his wife. Jeffrey Palmer plays like a, a priest person. And Sam Hewton uh, pops up in it playing Paul Newman and a relatively decent impression of Paul Newman. Um, I'll start. It's, it, this is on Sky Movies. Um, and much like the Sky movies, movies, um, so original movies, it's kind of bland. It's there's nothing that really ever sparks it at any point. It's just sort of just trundles along, never really getting out of like second or even third gear at most. You know, it just mm. it doesn't do much. Um, the cast are all working with quite a limited script, so there's not much scope for them to sort of expand out. But it just seems like it just, it's going through the motions. You know, it's it, and ultimately I was watching it, and there's nothing you can fairly say is bad about it because the, the cast are quite charming to keep it watchable. Yeah, but it has some very odd plot devices. Rob one involved like a weird ghost child, which I didn't really understand or get in it. To be honest, it's quite strange. But it's just sort of, you know, you from you know, you from you go. That's just kind of blah. Yeah, it's not good. Ah, it's, it's not bad. But as soon as you finish watching it, it completely drifts from the memory. I, like, I don't have any sort of real recollection of much from it. And I yeah. don't feel I've learned much from it. Um, in fact, I, I probably learned more from reading Roald Dahl's Wikipedia page while I was watching it. Um, mm. And they do, they do sort of, they don't really embrace the sort of, the much darker elements of um, uh, Roald Dahl's personality. He was a, uh, Quite a notorious anti-Semite, I think, by all accounts. He was um, not a particularly nice man at times, especially to his children, I think, by all accounts, to some degree. So mm. they do sort of, they do sort of white, not whitewash him, but they sort of definitely paint him in nice, 
a nice way. A bit like they did with um, Walt Disney in the um, seeing Mr. Banks film with Tom Hanks. If you cast Tom Hanks in your film, you're trying to make a guy a nice guy, but in reality, maybe not a nice guy. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's it. I wonder if like the car, the Roald Dahl like car, uh, estate maybe had like quite a heavy hand in this and said like you can make a movie but you need to do it within these parameters and yes. not shine a negative light on the whole franchise. Yeah, you know? I think that's well, it's most definitely a probability. You know, we've seen it recently in the part uh, with uh, like um, the Queen document, the Queen Bohemian Rhapsody, when it was always made with all the guys from Queen heavily input mm. into it. So. They didn't touch on the darker elements of Freddie Mercury's life. They sort of really didn't really get involved in that, or even you know, it was like a very PG version of uh, Freddie mm. Mercury across. Whereas Elton John, for example, he was like, "No, just do what the fuck you want," and he made a much more sort of what's and all one with the Rocket Man documentary. So I think that's a problem. If you, people who are involved so I mean, and understanding what you're trying to preserve the memory of, you know, the loved one or or, or themselves in many ways, but it does come across as somewhat, you know, not realistic, you know, this person was like, you know, saintly in some way, you know, so that, you're probably right, you probably find that the Dow family was involved in it more heavily than we want to, you'd like them to be involved in it, and because of that, you do a very sort of, you know, rose-coloured, tinted um, version of the past that doesn't really seem to hold much truth, if you, if you know what I mean, it, mm. it feels like, yeah, that, that was like, that, that's something I got from it. Like I said, it's not a bad film by any stretch, but it's as a film I, I really wouldn't recommend because I just mm. think we're going to go, yeah, it was, it's fine. But it's, it's totally fine. If yeah, you're it was like, maybe get it, but nah. It was like that film from two weeks ago we watched, and it was like the people in the in the big cat country house just as World War II was starting. The dig? Yeah. Yeah, very much that. Just very bland, very safe. Nothing really of interest ever happening in it, you know, to give it a push, you know. Yeah, just sort of. I it just it needed an exciting instant. This I would say the dig was better than this. This one mm. seems sort of definitely in the sort of low end of, of quality scale in terms of like my interest. My interest did drift very quickly from it, um, mm. and I would give it a very lowly six out of ten. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, read the books, guys. Don't watch TV shows or, or sorry, movies about Roald Dahl. No, I was thinking, I've only, uh, we, we bought someone Roald Dahl books uh, recently for uh, my birthday present because it's like his, his kids really into Roald Dahl and we thought it'd be a nice present to get them. You know, so they read it nice. together, you know. Um, I've only read one Roald Dahl book. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I've never read much of Roald Dahl. Did you read a lot of Roald Dahl? Yeah, I read a wee bit of them, like when I was a kid and stuff. Like, I don't know if it was just because I was in like the retail class, but I get like recommended a lot of them, like at school <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've read like quite a few. Plus, like, I think uh, I do remember owning it. I, if I, I remember getting a couple of them as well. I don't know if it was from my other sibling, uh, siblings or not, like hand me downs uh, or not, but I definitely owned quite a few of them as well. Yeah. So, I think I don't one I've ever read was James and the Giant Peach. I've never read any of the other ones. I, never, mm. I, I mean, I know the, I know the story. I've seen all the films. Like I've seen The Witches, yeah, yeah. Seen, um, Matilda, and I've seen um, Ch- uh, Charles Hawks. I know the stories, but I just never actually read to ever read them at any point. So I don't uh, think I'm allowed to be honest. I think they're, they're now well past me now. Um, there you go. You could you could you could read them all in like a weekend. Probably could do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Life goals. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a lot of side regarding Roald Dahl there. Um, next film is the one that, by all discussion, may end this podcast. Um, going oh, by some preliminary <laughs> discussions that happened 
um, off off mic. Um, and that film is Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, directed by Josh Greenbaum, um, who's done lots of TV um, stuff. They also have a documentary called The Short Game, which if you've not seen it, it's a great documentary about like seven-year-old golfers who are playing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. seen it? Ah, yeah, hopefully. It's fucking, honestly, one of the best I've ever seen in my life. It was genuinely the most heartwarming and lovely documentary. It's a really, really, really nice documentary. So if, you, if you've not seen it, it's called The Short Game. I think it's on Netflix. You get a chance mm-hmm. to find it. It's, an, it's a wonderful documentary with these sort of really young, young, like really young, like eight or nine, aren't they? Something like that. They're really young. Aye, like, aye. They're pretty much just starting up all the J career, you know? Aye. But some of them are amazing. <laughs> Definitely. You can see them being the, the next, like, uh, uh, Tiger Woods and other famous golfers that I do not know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, so that's a really good documentary. This one is not a documentary. It's, it's, a, it's a comedy film. It's a follow-up with Kristen Wiig and Anna M- uh, Mamolo. It's uh, their, their writing partners who the last film they wrote was 10 years ago. It was Bridesmaids. Um, so like, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Bridesmaids. This, this is a follow-up to Bridesmaids. Um, the plot of this is Barb and Star are 40-something friends who have both been divorced very recently. Um, they've been, they're now living together, they've been best friends for all their life, and they decide to go on holiday to Vista Del Mar in order to re- discover their sparkle. They feel they've been life's a bit bland, and they need to try and rediscover mm. who they are. At the same time, Kristen Wig in another outfit um, is plotting with Jamie Dornan to take over the world, um, <laughs> and the epicenter for that is at Vista Del Mar. Um, mm. The stories collide, and ultimately... Barb and Star are forced to try and stop the world from being destroyed. That's mm-hmm. essentially the plot. Yeah. 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 Basically the plot. Yeah. Like I said, in the film, oh. you've got Kristen Wiig uh, and Anna, Annie Malumo, I think her name is. They're playing Barb and Star. Jimmy Dornan pops up in it, um, Mr. Fifty Shades of Grey, um, with his Irish accent, amazingly. I, mean, I don't think I've ever heard him do his Irish accent, which was very yeah. um, And Damon Wayman Jr. pops up as well, which I won't talk. He's got a very odd role throughout the whole throughout the whole thing. He's in it as well. Um, I will let you speak first because um, you are on one end of the platform with this one and I'm on a different end. So what did you think yeah. of this one, Barry? I, as you say that, I did actually have to have a, because I watched this last night, I did have to have a quick Google search just to see like if other people were disliking it as much as I did. And this movie cuts the internet right down the middle. Yes, you're either... Yeah. You're either Marmite for it or Marmite against it. Yeah. There's nobody in between. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought this just was fucking a pile of fucking dribble. Uh, <laughs> I literally, as I said to you last night in text and when I, when I finished it, uh, that I literally have no words to really, truly describe who fucking garbage this is. Like, it's like the... The editor had fucking a bad case of ADHD and forgot to take his fucking medication. It's like, why is there so many fucking storylines going on? It's like, just focus on one storyline or is that fucking that shit that you need to pile in all this other garbage? And then, you know, it's like, there's a few big uh, musical pieces. One of them did actually fucking help the movie. I think we can both agree. Yeah. Uh, when what's his face, Jamie uh, starts talking to uh, singing to a uh, seagull. Yes. <laughs> Outside of that's just like fucking everything else was just fucking garbage. And I seen that one of the producers on it was uh, Will Ferrell, so I don't know if he's fucking cast his fucking bad voodoo on it as well because he's not exactly had a good run of movies recently. It's like 
I just just everything I just I fucking hated this movie so badly. Like I was sitting there and I really did try. And then I'm just like, no, nah, this is just this is just fucking shit. <laughs> Beyond. Like I really hope they just filmed it digitally so they didn't waste film on it. <laughs> That's how bad it is, you know. I don't know. I, I just find all these kind of movies now, like the kind of like Bridesmaids and all that kind of style of movies, I think they've kind of had their time. You know, and Will Ferrell's right up there with them. His brand of style of movie has had its time. You know, it's time they went away and fucking resurrected it and done something better with their characters. Because there was fucking great people in it. Even fucking, what's her face? Uh, it was good to see Phyllis uh, Smith in it, albeit yes, not, the doing, office, yeah. not doing it a lot. Yeah. You know, but she appears. So, uh-huh. you know. Um, yeah. And, you know, they didn't really use like the little Asian guy either. He was kind of in it at the start. And then, which. <laughs> Okay, uh, okay, sorry, that is too funny, but right at the very fucking beginning, because it's not a spoiler, yeah. uh, when he's like uh, cycling his bike delivering papers while singing, while like ad-libbing the song, oh. fucking genius, like that is actually genuinely funny. And like I said, Jamie singing to the seagull, there you go. That was the two bits, and both of them were just like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just thought the movie was fucking all over the place. I really did. It was like, fucking garbage. <laughs> Yeah. What's your review? <laughs> I will disagree on almost every point. I, yeah, genuinely, I, thought you would. I genuinely laughed my absolute guts out of this. Like me and Jill both absolutely were on the floor howling with laughter at this. Um, oh, it's the kind of film that I, I genuinely made me sad the cinema wasn't open because I think seeing this film on a Friday night in a packed cinema, it would be absolutely howling with laughter. Or it would start off completely full. By 20 minutes into it, half the audience is left, but the half who are are remaining are absolutely like killing themselves laughing. Because I'm I'm trying to work out if I can get my fucking 13 pound back from renting it from Amazon, even though I've watched it. I'm like, do I have a case here? (laughs) Um, I I was I was worried because I'd I'd read similar to you. This is a film that split the the opinion on how people like it. Um, And I'll be honest with you, the first 10 to 15 minutes. I didn't really, I wasn't buying into it too much. I was sort of, I was kind of worrying where it was going. Really, and I, I, much like you believe for the most of the film, I wasn't entirely with it. Something happens in the first 10 to 15 minutes when I then switch and I go, this isn't bad. This is absolute chaotic brilliance. And from that moment on, I was just absolutely just involved in it. It just, the, the insanity of it just had me mm. absolutely like loving it. Um, I am 100% on side with you. I think it's a film that not everyone will embrace. I think there is a definite split. You have to, you either get this type of humor and you find it funny or you don't. And it's not like, you're not simple, oh, you're not, you, you don't, it's not like a, it's not a, it's not even a thing like going, if you're, you're not a funny person, you don't get it. It's like, no, it's just something that this type of horror comedy will hit you. In the same way that certain comedians will hit you. Like, I know people in my world who will mm. laugh their guts out at, um, who's this, who's this, bat, like the Scottish comedian that did the, one the the fat one. Oh, Kevin Bridges. Like, I know people who will laugh their guts out at Kevin Bridges. I've watched Kevin Bridges about twenty times on TV, and I've not laughed once while watching his comedy. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I feel the same way with the uh, the comedian that you like, uh, that uh, Tim fella, uh, Tim. The fucking thing with the black hair, blonde black hair, uh, Tim Minchkin. That. Tim no, no. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, again, I get it. You don't get. I don't think Tim. Yeah. I'm the same. Um, 
like you, for example, love Bill Burr. I can appreciate hmm. Bill Burr, but I don't, I don't laugh a lot when watching Bill Burr. There's a couple of moments, yeah. a couple of zingers on that. So it's not just different types of comedy hit you differently. And this is definitely yeah. one of those films where if you can, if there's something about this hits you in just the right way, which hmm. for me it, it did, I laughed a lot at it. And it, it falls into that world of a bit like um, Hot Rod and mm. Popstar, Never Stop Popping, Never Stop, that one. And this, I'll where it's see. like, the three films that are not really seen by many people, but when they, the, the people who, who enjoy them, they will rave about them constantly, and I will rave this film to every single person. Much like other films I've talked about, and I've raved them, people go back going, that was shit, I'm never going to trust you again. And this could be one of them. But like, it'll, it'll be a sort of almost a judgment call of like, if mm. someone likes this, then I know I'm really good. I really like them because they enjoyed this film. <laughs> someone who doesn't like it, it doesn't even think less of them, like yourself. You know, you just think it. Um, but it, it's just, it, it, it definitely a film. The comedy in it is so broad, and it's so it's broad, but also so specific as well. Mm. That if you're not, if you don't really embrace it early on, then it does become mm. an hour and fifty minutes of you going, "What the fuck is this?" Like I don't, yeah. it's, like, it's almost like it's like a fever dream. It feels like you are like on drugs watching it at times. But just there's a yeah. few moments like there's a bit. When, <laughs> not going to spoil it. But there's a bit after they have like the first the Jamie Dornan Barb and Star have like a, a night out and they wake up the next morning. And uh-huh. I thought Joey was going to have like like vomit with laughter because it's just this this shot of them like lying together. She was like absolutely killing herself. It was just so stupidly funny. Um, mm. So I do get it. It's not for everyone. Um. I do think though the less you know the better going into it. I think the, the, the mm. I think it's one of the things if you if you start reading about how you won't like it, then I think you've won with that attitude not to like yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um so I think you will know, like I said, I knew within 20 minutes. The first 10, I was questionable. 15, I was I was getting there by the 20 mm. minutes, I was like, yes, I'm in. Like I'm I'm hundred percent in on this. But you have to go over that hump, I think. And once you go over that hump, it is one of those films that I think it is genuinely exceptionally funny. And I, I like that I laughed so much at it. Mm. Like, like yeah. from, from 20 minutes in to pretty much the very end of the film, I was absolutely howling with laughter. Well, fair play, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would give it, I'm going to be very broad, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I like I, said, I loved it. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I loved. I found it really funny. It made me laugh more than any film I've yeah. seen in the last like, year. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, well, that's definitely not nine out of ten. Uh, I was gonna give it two out of ten purely that's... just for the the two singing bits. Okay, that, to me, that sounds like we give, we're giving eleven out of ten overall. So I <laughs> eleven out of ten. Uh, I'd maybe strongly recommend people pirate this movie first. And then if you like it, I don't know, buy it or something. But know. this is the risk. If you rent something, it's the same as you go to the cinema. You know, if you, if you go to the cinema and watch something, you've got no yeah. guarantee of quality going to the cinema to watch something. No, I know, I know. You know? And renting's exactly the same thing now. It's like you rent it, you've got no guarantee it'll be good. You just know you're yeah. going to want to watch it. So you've got to try and take, you're taking a risk. Yeah. It's why people do, why you should do a bit, like, do a bit of reading on it, maybe. I mean, I'm saying not to know much about this film, but maybe you should maybe look and go, Do I think I will like this to want to spend the 13 or 14 pounds on it? You know, because mm. maybe it won't be worth the money. And I think people do it, you do it with cinema all the time. You, I'll go and see a lot more stuff from you because mm. you're paying more for it. So you've got to justify, Do I want to actually watch this? Yeah, yeah. I was a wee bit gutted actually to find out that it was 13 pounds to rent it from <laughs> Amazon or any other platform that's going. Yeah. Uh, I, I never really understood, I know we've mentioned that before, it's all to do with the studios and stuff, but 
I don't really understand how there's this like very polarizing rental price scale. It's either quite cheap for 48 hour rental or ridiculously priced for 48 hours. You're like, can we it's, maybe just find something in the middle? It's just it comes down to basically what they think will sell. You know, the big film will make will charge 13 pounds. The films that are like mm. the direct to DVD video ones, like your Willy's Wonderland all week there, mm. they'll be like six quid. You know, it's it's yeah. very very simple. You know, it's, it's purely what they think the audience will go for. And I think Kristen Wiig in a follow-up to Bridesmaids, that they felt was a film that could attract a bigger audience so they can charge £13 for it. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what it comes down to. Um, like I said, I loved it. You didn't love it. Nope. One with an open mind, people. Um, <laughs> and that is the end of three deals in a movie. <laughs> no, we, 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 didn't, we didn't fall out. We just said that we had, it was, there was a depth. The, most of the films we talk about, we do have a genuinely roughly the same view. Yeah. We don't always have the same view. But we have a no, ebb and flow. No, this no one, we need. We know we we need the third player fucking in here to settle this for this movie. We need to get Colin's review on this. I this is. A, I'm gonna text Colin tonight, but I got a feeling Colin would like this. Oh wow! Because me oh, and wow. Colin both love the Greasy Strangler. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. And, and I liked it for the most part. It was weird as fuck, but I liked it for the most yeah, part. And, so I, I think Colin would go for this one. I think Colin would laugh at this one. Well, I'll give him a text and ask him. If he, if he, if he yeah. Um, sure. On to that, to the last movie of the week. Uh, and just, to, just to make sure it's fair, I'll text him as well so there's no like, bias you sitting there texting him going, say you like it. <laughs> um, on to the last movie, which is The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. It's available on Amazon Prime. Um, directed by Ian Samuels, who directed Sarah Burgess as a Loser, which is on Netflix. Um, I've not seen it, but people do seem to quite like that film. Um, the plot of this film is, it's a time loop. It's a Groundhog Day. The guy's stuck in a Groundhog Day situation. He seems to be quite enjoying the situation. He's not really... He's a bit, every day, yeah. basically, he's trying to make a girl if she's at the pool fall in love with him. And everything's going along swimmingly. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be that bothered yet. Out of the time loop, he's, he's enjoying life. Um, until one day he notices something different, someone else behaving in a way they don't behave in every single day. Mm. And he realises that person is also stuck in the loop. Yeah. Between they then meet up, they start to form a friendship and decide to go round about town making a map of all the perfect little moments in town. Yep. Um, and they have to redo that map every single day because every single day the map gets deleted. So they have to do it every single day in order to put it right. In order to look over it. Um, on top of that, you then get a story regarding why they're in the time loop and what's causing that. And the, the usual trying to find a way out of the time loop becomes a, a more pressing, a pressing matter. Um, and the film, you get Catherine Newton, who is from Freaky, which I think we watched not long ago. We are, I think we both enjoyed that one. Kyle Allen um, is playing the main male lead. Um, he's not been in much in a TV show, which I can't remember the name of, but he's not been in many movies. Uh, Jermaine Harris pops up in it. Alan, Anna Nakami and Al Madrigal also make appearances. Um, I'll start with this one. I found this one very charming. It's very sweet. Mm. It's funny. Um, I am a big fan of, of anything time travel or time loopy, as we've discussed many times in the past. Um, so, I, so I was kind of on board with this film. Once you throw in a sort of a, a, a John Hughesy element to it as well, um, so like, you could be you could be reductive and you say it's John Hughes meets Groundhog Day. That's essentially what it is. But it's a world where they're mm. aware of what Groundhog Day is, so they actually reference mm. Groundhog Day in it, yeah. and also Edge of Tomorrow as well, and other time traveling films. Um, yeah. I thought the two leads worked really well. They seemed very charming together. They had a nice bit of banter, a nice bit of chemistry between them. Um, I'm really mm-hmm. liking Catherine Newton. I think she plays a really nice role. She's been in a few things that I've seen. She seems to get a real kind of a, very, a real nice charm to her. 
Um, direction is pretty clever and inventive. The scenes when he's sort of walking through a town, he knows what's coming. It's done well. It's done clever, and it, it's kind of cool, and it's kind of what we'd all wanted yeah. to be like, I suppose. It's, it, it has that real kind of, that kind of nice moment. Um, and equally, I thought the emotional twist in it works really well. Um, it makes mm. it rise above a, a teen drama. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I just genuinely thought it was nice for a hundred minutes. It zips along. Jill thought it lasted maybe about ten minutes too long, which I can understand a lot. But it does kind of get a wee bit bogged down slightly in the middle when he sort of repeats himself a few times. Um, uh, but I don't think overstayed it's welcome. I thought it was a lovely watch. It's a nice Friday night watch or even a Saturday night watch when you're out of lockdown and you're sent home with your significant other. Just sort of, you know, it's it's, it's a it's a nice, lovely film. I actually I, I thought yeah. it really worth my time. What about you? Yeah, exact same did exact same, which is shocking because we've just came off the back of Barbs and stuff. Mm. But no, I, I really dug this movie. This was like the first movie I watched, uh, and it feels like a lifetime ago I watched it. But yeah. I pretty much the exact same as what you're saying there. Just fucking a nice, wholesome movie. It doesn't repeat itself too much, which is always one of my things. It's like uh, I've always said one of the worst movies was that Tom Cruise one when he was like a kind of futuristic soldier guy. I found that just oh, like, wait, that repeated. Oh, fucking brilliant! I love it. No, 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 no. It is brilliant, but I just found it repeated itself like too many times in the beginning to get the story across. Whereas this is very much like a cat. Like it's a nice cat. It does it enough, but then yeah, things move on from it. Like you understand very quickly that he's just living the same day over and over and over. Okay. And yeah. There is a part of me that thinks, I this is how I would be if I suddenly found myself in some sort of strange loop of the same day all the time. You would just be like, this is fucking awesome. Every day yeah. you'd wake up and do the same shit every day. But the problem yeah. is, I think we've essentially all lived in a time loop for the past <laughs> like almost year now. So it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still having fun. You know? Yeah, I'm, most I'm, mostly having, I'm mostly getting by on it, yeah, I, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Another year of this? <laughs> not another year, dude. Not another year of this. Ah, six months. Six months. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it. um, yeah, it's one of those films you can go, I can record because it just seems there's nothing particularly, um, what's the word, um, like offensive in it. It's all very, it's yeah. all just, it's nice. Ah, it's just, yeah, it's a total just nice movie. And like you said, that kind of bit at the end that kind of deals with a bit more kind of heavier. Well, in the story, you kind of just, well, at least later on in the movie, you kind of discover that, yeah, maybe a lot of folk have been kind of like dealing with that, at least in the last 12 months, uh-huh. more than probably they would have been under yeah. normal circumstances, maybe, you know? Yeah. So. Um, we said, really worth the time. It's on Amazon Prime. It's like 100 minutes. It's a nice Sunday movie. It's a nice Saturday, Saturday night movie. You mm. Enjoy it. Um, I would give it a very solid 7 out of 10. Nice. I'll join you on that one. I was giving it seven out of ten as well. Lovely. Um, yeah. That's great. So for that's us for this week. Next week, I put I picked some ones. I picked some ones. I think you will appreciate this week because I because I know you're angry at me over bad and stuff. So I picked ones. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't angry. I was just sitting there going, I cannot believe I paid thirteen pounds for that shit. <laughs> why didn't I just? Why didn't? Because like I had already rented it before our conversation last night. Right, okay. Uh, before the movie, and I just sat there for like a hundred minutes, just sitting there going, "Should I just give it ten minutes and went on fucking pirate bay?" <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I went in pissed off, and it just yeah, escalated from there. Quid. When um, I'm sitting there spending thirteen quid watching a fucking guy sing for a seagull. <laughs> so funny! It's so funny. <laughs> Next week, what we have is on Netflix. We have two films on Netflix to watch. One is called Capone. 
which mm. is the Tom Hardy film, and he plays the kind of later life of Al Capone, a pick for your good lady, because I know she's a Tom Hardy fan. Yeah, apparently he shits himself in it. I've never seen it, but she was mad for it. Yeah, so if, if, you, if, you're into, if you're into Tom Hardy and scatological things, then you might like might enjoy this film. <laughs> um, also on Netflix, there's another sports documentary called Pele, all about, obviously, Pele. Um, yep. So you can watch that one. Um, on Amazon, there's a film I watched a couple of days ago, and I would highly recommend this to you, and we'll, I'm looking forward to talking about it. It's called I Care A Lot. It's all about a woman who essentially takes house, takes the takes over people's lives, like so all people's lives and basically strips them of money. You know, so puts them in puts them in homes and just sells off all their assets and she's one of the one, one of the worst human beings you can possibly imagine until she does it to someone that she is even even worse than her. And oh, the, wow. the ramifications of that. It's it's very good. I, I very much enjoyed it. You'll like it. It's called I care a lot. It's on yeah. Amazon. And one I wasn't going to put in, but I'm just going to put it in now because after the map of tiny things, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a kind of little bit of a weird kind of John Hughes mix-up vibe. So the film, it's on Sky Movies just now, but it's available more widely on like Amazon and places like that as well. And it's called Spontaneous. Um, and it's basically Stephen King meets um, John Hughes, where it's a class it's, it's a class of seniors who are all getting prepared for like, senior year and getting looked for the graduation and all that kind of stuff going on. But randomly they all start exploding. Like without no without notification, just sort of they just you just explode. And it's then <laughs> trying to come to terms like how do you live your life knowing at any moment you could just explode for no reason. Nice. So uh, I'm already because that sounds very like final destination. So I'm already in on this. I think it's like Stephen King, Final Destination, bit of John Hughes in it as well. Uh, yeah. I I very much enjoyed it, um, and I would recommend nice. watching it and um, have a look at nice. that one. So those are the four films for next week. Capone, Pelé, I Care A Lot, and Spontaneous. Um, and Barry can tell people where to find us. All the usual social media haunts, free be- at Free Beers in a Movie, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's great. For this week, I've been Richard, you've been Barry, and you've been listening to Free Beers in a Movie.